0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fascinating Nouns. Now, we are still the galaxy's most trusted source for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. Now, we arrive together at this curious nexus point, and we will explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus all the spaces in between. I am your host, Daniel J. Glenn. Uh, This is going to be a fun episode. I got Matt Munson on the show, who is a prop-making genius, and he's also the technical expert on Season 2 of Fascinating Fights. Very excited about this. He came highly recommended from the R2-D2 Builders Club, which is basically a group that builds R2-D2 units from Star Wars, fully functioning um, of various degrees of articulation. And they have an incredible group Uh, But that is not where Matt's expertise begins or ends. He's built um, screen-accurate depictions of superhero outfits, costumes, all kinds of stuff, a grappling gun from the Batman Arkham video game series. Um, He is currently building a 1989 replica of the Batmobile. He has um, also built lightsabers and, and guns from Blade Runner and... All, just all kinds of stuff. Han and Carbonite. This is just a TARDIS. I forgot the TARDIS the biggest thing. I don't watch Doctor Who, I'm sorry to say. Uh, but I know what a TARDIS is, and his looks amazing. Um, check out all the pictures online. I got a board up on Pinterest. I'm going to put some on the website, fascinatingnouns.com. Um, got some video. Matt's going to take me on a tour later on. Check out the tour on the YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. So, Matt, what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: Hello, sir. Everything is going on.
0: Eminem. Does anyone call you Eminem?
1: My mother when she's angry.
0: (laughs) Eminem, get
1: to your room, (laughs) you naughty boy.
0: Uh, So, I want to just bring up... Let's get the bad stuff out of the way first. You know what I mean? Let's just air the dirty laundry right off the bat. You lost MattMunson.com. Oh, God. Uh, How did that happen?
1: You know, it turns out, DG, um, a lesson I've learned in my my long and arduous life, Mm -hmm. is that procrastination does not pay off. Uh, For the longest time, a friend of mine had a web hosting company. And it was like a great deal, because he like charged me like nine bucks a month. And he he did all the maintenance, like, you know, the site had good uptime, good, good throughput, great site. And then one day he went out of business. And you know, I don't really talk to the guy that often, obviously, he's a good friend, but he goes out of business. And, and then the emails from the internic, the, the company that manages registrations of domain names, mm-hmm. were going to him who was no longer receiving them. And, you know, like my oh. website's just sort of one of those things that just sort of sits there and collects dust. And I'll occasionally post R2D2 pictures, especially with the advent of things like, like Facebook, uh, my blog, where we're having like a website, a dedicated website is becoming less and less prevalent, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So I wasn't really super aware of it. And then one day I go to it, and there's some imposter claiming to be Matt Munson selling vitamins of all things. Some <laughs> some I believe some supplemental pyramid scheme. Proud sponsor of another yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> nonsense. And so, so I email the guy and I'm like, Hey man, <laughs> really? Oh, oh yeah, good oh, for yeah.
0: you. Confrontational. I'm like, it. Hey
1: man, uh, through a, a minor mishap, I seem to have lost control of my website. Uh, Can I have it back? And he's like, oh, 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 oh." did the job of the hot lap. I I assume he did. (laughs) And so he's like, no, um, but if you'd like to sign on as one of my distributors for my fabulous products. And I'm
0: like, oh, God. Is he just targeting all Matt Munson? I I think
1: now that'd be a great scheme because, you know, I remember when the Internet was new, like I was the only Matt Munson Mm -hmm. on the Web. Yeah, now they're everywhere. The proliferation rate of Matt Munson imposters is very high.
0: Well, so that's a, an interesting, interesting segue because there are lots of Matt Munsons <sighs> all doing cool stuff. I'm going to give you a little list here. Cameron. If you don't mind, right. right? So there's a Matt Munson. And this is difficult to research the you. So if I get any information, incorrect, if I get information correct, you know, <laughs> give me the right stuff. But there's a guy who's running for senate in L.A. Yes. County. That's also difficult. There's several Matt Munsons actually in L.A. County or in Orange County, which is right next to it. So there's a guy running for senate. Yep. Is that you?
1: No. However, I did have a run-in with his assistant once. <laughs> uh, Matt Munson, senator, uh, senator Matt Munson tried to swipe mattmunson.com. It was like a hostile takeover. <laughs> <laughs> like they were they were accusing me of filing an incorrect mailing address with the internet and therefore I forfeit the oh. the URL
0: legal mumbo jumbo love it
1: yeah and i was like i was like why don't you just like make me an offer like if you offered me like 500 bucks i'd probably sell it to you
0: mm-hmm. that's not true no I,
1: but like but yeah that that is not me i'm not curr- i'm not actually not a citizen so i don't know if i can hold office.
0: You're not a citizen of
1: what? Oh, yeah, you can because Schwarzenegger was governor. Yeah. I guess I can't be president. I'm not a citizen of, of United States. I mean... What?
0: What? You're an illegal alien?
1: I, I'm legal. I came to your country illegal to steal alien. your jobs and your women. <laughs> so you're a legal alien. I am. I'm a, a New Zealand citizen, an American resident.
0: No kidding. Yes. Is that the big reveal? No. Does anyone else know this? Cuz this is news to me.
1: I don't know if it's like common knowledge, but I would think like my girlfriends aware of it, my parents are aware.
0: Wow. There was when I was in when I was in college, one of my one of my bosses, she was a, re- a resident alien, and she showed me her card and the word alien is on it. Yeah. So obviously we turned that into a short film about, you know, I an think invasion. That's justified. But yeah. It was pretty crazy that that's actually the word that's that the official government word is alien and we have such a extraterrestrial use of that word.
1: We're, we're really moving in and taking over.
0: Yeah, well that's crazy. So you're not the guy running for Senate, you're not the guy who sells AdvoCare, um, and that guy's also known as Munson Mischief, which also feels like a very good name for you.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed though because now like if you go to MattMunson.com it redirects, like he's not even using that uh, domain name.
0: No, it's just to get, just just to get to away from you. Yeah. Uh, there's another guy, who uh, is a website CEO? He went to Wheaton College, which it. is right next to where I grew up. Sort of, kind of. My mom worked across the street from Wheaton College for you know, close to a decade.
1: Now that Matt Munson actually actually bears a not a resemblance, but like if you were like like you're like, hey, I'm looking for Matt Munson. He's sort of got brown hair. He's like got blue eyes. Like a white dude. Like like that Matt Munson has some similar characteristics to me. Like if, you were, like if we went to high school together, yeah. like I got to track down that guy, Matt Munson. I want to see what he's up to. You might look at him and go, I could totally be him.
0: Right. But it's not. It's not you.
1: No, I'm not a CEO of anything.
0: Well, there's also a banking mogul in Orange County – Named getting closer, Matt Munson. getting closer. Right, and <laughs> so we're going to get to your billion... There's a lot of... What I'm getting to is a lot of facets to the real Matt Munson. <laughs> One is billionaire playboy, which we're going to get to in a second. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. I don't know about that. But there's also a photographer, to use a PH, Kay. Matt Munson. Beautiful artwork.
1: He sounds very talented.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so now let's get to you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I think actually, like, I, I'm thinking, uh-huh. maybe as an exercise for me... Um, I will assume one of these personas, like when I go out to like an event or a party, I'll be like, my name's Matt Munson, I'm actually a photographer in Orange <laughs> County, if you'd like to see some of my work,
0: you can find me online. Not at Matt Munson, it's Matt Munson Photography, I think. <sighs> uh, and so, another thing, another crazy thing, you have you are the Project Workbench on YouTube. Yes, There is a project workbench on YouTube, (laughs) which has one Minecraft video that was uploaded two years ago. Is that you? That is not me. (laughs) Okay, that is not me. Uh, So the many incarnations of Matt Munson. So let's talk about billionaire playboy Tony Stark, Wayne, the Bruce Wayne s. How did you make your billions, sir?
1: Well, I don't have billions. That's for sure. I have have tens of dollars. (laughs) Like I I can measure my net worth in tens. Well, I guess anyone could. <laughs> sure. Really. Yeah. Uh, I used to work in banking. Ugh. I was a a technology guy in the financial services mm. arena vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, long story short, uh, I, I just had a lot of really good timing and good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time in 2007 where uh, people thought the the world was literally ending. If you remember the housing market crash. I do. Um, and due to I would say factors beyond my control. Um, I uh, accidentally made a number of what turned out to be very wise investments, um, and then as the economy recovered, which I had faith that it would, uh, my uh, net worth grew. <laughs> so that's along the long and the short of it. Just some some very lucky, good timing, right place, right time, and and I think the the the, the backbone of my. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it success. My windfall was my belief that America would continue. I had faith in the economy that it would recover, that we weren't sort of entering a new dark age, etc.
0: You know, I love that idea for investing. Now, the way I like to invest is I believe America will continue. But I also believe that millions of people will not believe that and that they will then flock to things like gold, silver, bullets, guns, and those stocks will rise. While still investing in things that will continue afterwards, so there's a short-term, you know, gain in uh, the types of stuff that when people go crazy, and then long-term gain <laughs> when it recovers and adds everything's fine.
1: Well, I think um, you know, funny you should mention that. I actually wrote uh, after many years of being quizzed on how to invest in the stock market. I actually wrote a blog post on my blog mattmunson.blogspot.com <laughs> that outlines my investing strategies. Very simple. It's very straightforward. And um, like, I personally don't believe the people that you're thinking about. They're not investing. They don't have money in the stock market. They're they're sort of they have money in their mattress. If that uh, average American household income is forty two thousand dollars and the average American household carries eight thousand dollars in credit card debt. So people aren't investing. They're investing in their Xbox 360 or their truck upgrades or whatever. Um, and I mean that lovingly, Xbox 360 and truck upgrades are, are a mm. solid
0: Place about, to put your money. What in. about truck nuts?
1: Uh, truck nuts are do you mean like lug nuts or do you mean truck enthusiasts?
0: <laughs> oh you naive <laughs> uh, they're actually um, they're, oh, the ball they're they're sack. Tec- yeah, they're testicles that attach to the back end yes. of the uh, the trailer hitch, I've I seen believe those. is the proper place to I've put seen those. those.
1: Um, I'm not sure, are you asking me if as, as an investment vehicle, is, are, are truck nuts?
0: <laughs> the future of truck nuts. <laughs> uh, you know, I read that blog post. It's really good. There's a book I read called Rule Number One, and it's very similar, very simple strategies uh, for long-term growth instead of you know, short, major growth. What's ironic about that is that's why you're a playboy, billionaire Playboys, you had short-term, large quadrupling of your value <laughs> in a short period of time.
1: It, it, it appears to be.
0: Uh, did you do any corrupt stuff? Like any excuse any, me? Yeah, while you were any fun, any fun corrupt stuff while you were in. I would sometimes
1: take longer lunch uh-huh. than um than I was supposed to. Screwing the the company that, out of tens of dollars. Is that what you mean
0: by corrupt? <laughs> ah, that's something. No, 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 certainly to.
1: not. Certainly not. But I, a funny funny story. Um, hmm. so when Washington Mutual was was causing a lot of trouble in the news and people were like, I'm losing my life savings. Yeah. Um, I went to the I was doing some business up at the corporate office in Washington. And there were people picketing out front, and someone referred to me as a fat cat and yelled at me.
0: What?
1: Yeah, and I and I sort of I was sort of like, well, no, I'm just an IT guy. Like I just, I just sort of I make the computers work. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a gross oversimplification of my my, but but it was very interesting for me because like I, I think there's a perception that if you are a banker, you are de facto corrupt the one percent
0: yeah yeah you were the one percent you are the one no
1: that's not true that's not in some states no no <laughs> no but it's sort of interesting how like like art like if you're a bank teller mm-hmm. and you go to a party <laughs> and they say so what do you do for a living and you're like oh i work for a bank of america and people are like oh god that's the you, you stole my mom's house right. i used to get that a lot I'd be like, oh, I work at Chase. And they'd be like, oh, you kicked my mom out of her house. And I'm like, well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Uh, was your mother making monthly payments? And then, yeah, anyway. Right. Uh, but no, I, corruption uh, at my level mm-hmm. uh, wasn't really an opportunity, unless you mean like taking a long lunch? No. Or I coming Something coming
0: late. more scandalous. Sometimes
1: it, I would take a conference call from home.
0: Mm-hmm. Now nah, this isn't anything juicy. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so th- what's great about this is you were able to retire early. You don't look like you're in your 60s. You could be. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and you were able to take this fortune and turn it into okay. a ve- <laughs> Just go with it. Okay, this, okay, okay, but, okay, okay, okay. And this fortune and turn it into a very cool little workshop where you build all kinds of amazing, fun things. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Is that the end of the interview? Is that uh, yeah. So sort of here's where you up. can
0: find. Now let's talk about Matt Munson, the builder. Okay. Do you do this full time?
1: Well, hard, you hard to say. Like uh, I guess, I guess like, well, I don't, I don't do it eight hours a day. I wish I did.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do eight hours
1: a day? I. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would say I'm I'm very fortunate in that I'm I'm free to pursue my interests. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some of my interests include making more money. Mm-hmm. So, like, if work comes up, mm-hmm. I of course jump on it. So, like, for example, one of the things uh, I like to do mm-hmm. is I built a TARDIS a while back.
0: Explain it, what a TARDIS is for those. If who you are familiar, familiar
1: with the show Doctor Who,
0: nerd nerd alert right now for anyone listening. The,
1: it is the large blue police box, phone booth, space time travel device that the Doctor travels in, and I've been a, a, I'm literally a lifelong fan, actually that's not true, it's a misuse of the word literal, I am a longtime fan of the Doctor Who show. Uh, In fact, one of my earliest memories in life is seeing an episode of Doctor Who from behind the couch uh, while my parents are watching it in Australia. Hmm. So I've been a big fan my whole life, and I always wanted a TARDIS, and now I have a workshop and I have tools and I have, uh, you know, like I can afford some lumber, Uh, so I built this TARDIS. And what's interesting uh, is it turns out not a lot of other people have TARDISes. And there is often a call for a TARDIS in television shows, movie productions, music Mm. videos, uh, events, private parties, and stuff like that. So one of my sort of side activities is I rent out the TARDIS for all kinds of cool stuff like that. So, Mm. like, my TARDIS was center stage at the Geeky Awards, uh, which was uh, streamed on the web recently. Um, I'm in episode two of the new Rocket Jump show. Uh, oh. that's coming out right now. Uh, I'm, it's in an episode of uh, Player Piano, if you're familiar with that web series. Mm-hmm, of course. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And so I forget how I got Oh, what do I do? What do I do eight hours a day? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I basically just have a ton of projects that I'm working on, that I'm working towards completing. And usually I think what I've really found out over the years in my younger years as a builder, I would build... For my personal satisfaction. Like I build something. i would be like yeah. Now I've got Deckard's gun from Blade Runner. I could put this on a shelf. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but what I find out now. Is I I'm, I'm doing things with a, with a larger purpose. Mm. And I mean that literally. Uh, a number of my friends. Either are. Uh running or are members of philanthropic charity organizations mm. um like people that do visit to children's hospitals as costume characters or with say for example a matmobile um, or r2d2 does a lot of visits to children's hospitals they do parades they do all kinds of things that are sort of it's not just it's not just an item i built that's sitting on my shelf um, it's it's something i've i've created that that can benefit others beyond just their enjoyment you know like being in a parade is awesome i have a number of r2d2 builder friends that do all kinds of events they they r2s in commercials it's in fan films but i think where the the real value add for humanity is like when you see those pictures of r2 in a hospital the cancer ward at the children's hospital Mm. and you know the parents are like they're losing their minds and the kids you know their their cognitive prowess is at a point where they think it's r2d2 it's not a replica that some fan built mm. r2d2 is coming to their hospital mm-hmm. and i think that's really cool and so this the projects that i'm involved with today are are really more focused on stuff like that mm-hmm. so i i i know you joke about the the billionaire playboy mm-hmm.
0: philanthropist what's the fourth <laughs> one
1: but but i do think the philanthropy element is, is actually there um, because I do like participating in those types of activities.
0: Well, it's definitely true. Uh, look, if we're going to strip the humor out of this, let's do that right <laughs> now. Uh, so I'm bored of being uh, funny, man. <laughs> I, 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 the tank is empty. No, let's talk about the serious. So obviously you're... a f- Philanthropist, by the very definition of the word, and doing good things in the world. So then, I will take back the Playboy aspect of it, because that—that was more well, of a- You haven't me. met my
1: girlfriend. Don't don't be too, oh. don't be too quick. <laughs> don't. Hey, uh.
0: Well, I think my definition of Playboy is uh, doesn't have a girlfriend. They, oh, they is he one rock who, who plays to plays around? Yeah. Now, not to bring this back to a level of reality, but when the kids are there and the R two D two unit is there, yes. Are they ever disappointed that it can't, like, shoot a lightsaber out or create all... You know I, what I mean? Like, do all yeah, the...
1: Yeah. In, in all those events that I've either witnessed or participated in to some degree, um, no child has ever been disappointed. Like, no no one at all has ever been like, well, man, I really would have loved that if Spider-Man would have come. <laughs> or some, some kid's like, you know, hey, man, I thought it was going to be Chris Pratt actually dressed as Star-Lord, and instead it's some chick dressed as Elsa, so... <laughs> like no that doesn't happen
0: that's actually good to hear honestly because I my idea of children I'm not fond of them and they are usually really ungrateful right uh, so the fact that they're always happy that's music to my ears
1: yeah i I would check out right away if some kid was like <laughs> that's
0: not the real urge to do too kick it. <laughs> Uh, so now what can your R2... Because there's an R2-D2 Builders Club. There is. Um, what can they do, and what can yours do? What is the? What is yours doing? What's the potential? That's a
1: great question. Thank you. you. You'd make a great new member to astromech.net, <laughs> which is sort of the central hub for R2 Builders. And And really, what you want your R2-D2 to do is entirely up to you, your skill level, your time available and the money you're willing to spend. So mine, for example, one of the one of the main production requirements for my first R2D2 was I wanted it to look like it rolled off the Astromech production line. Like if you mm-hmm. visited a galaxy far, far away and and you went to the the, the factory where they're cranking out R2s <laughs> and you walk into the showroom and the salesman's like, well what can I do for you <laughs> today? Are you interested in one of our R2 units? Yeah. I wanted it to look like that. So it was very pristine, very refined. The lines were all very clean. He wasn't weathered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out that 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 was a hindrance to me. And I'll get to that in a second. Okay. But as far as functionality goes, um, he can walk all around. He's a three legged version. He does not convert to the two legged version. Those mm. some builders do that. Mm. It's called the three 2 three conversion,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like his, Standard. Head sp- his head spins.
1: <laughs> Uh, he has remote control sounds he can issue. So he has like 200 sounds. So if you're like... Ha- 200? Yeah, so you can have like a little conversation with R2-D2 back and forth. Wow. Um, all the, It has all the, the screen-accurate lights to the A New Hope version of R2-D2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, w- I would say he's he does everything that I need him to do. Mm-hmm. Walks, he talks, head spins, uh, full stop. What he doesn't do... Uh doesn't do the conversion like I, I mentioned. He also doesn't have any arms that come out or extend. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of dudes have like the front arms that kind of unfold. Oh right. Or they'll like shoot little spray gas out at someone.
0: What about the spark? It's like he has a spark and like a, a lock. Like yeah, he's got he's stuff. got all
1: kinds of stuff. I I, it's I like decided, a Swiss army knife. Yeah, I, I decided that was outside of the scope of the project for me mm-hmm. because I would I believe that the value add of that functionality uh, is not commensurate with the amount of effort, time, and money you have to put into it. Like, to make that frickin' arm come out yeah. is an engineering feat. Yeah. It's a big piece of work. And, and there are many builders that do it, and they do it wonderfully. Like There's some stuff out there mind-blowing that mm-hmm. people in their garages or little workshops are able to do. But for me, I just wanted something simple.
0: No, that's, I mean, and it looks great. I mean, right. honestly, it, it looks amazing. And the work that those guys do, and it doesn't just stop at R2 units. They do all sorts of droids from Star Wars. And I think they even do, um, uh, what is it, E, wall and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, a couple of my friends, Mike Senna and Michael McMaster, both built WALL-Es, uh, which are amazing. And now Mike uh, is doing a BB-8. Uh, I think McMaster is also... I don't know uh-huh. what those are. But I know be-
0: McMaster. Shout out to Michael McMaster. He Ooh. put this whole thing together. Ooh. Love that guy. Um, but he, uh, I don't know what an, a, B, a BB-8 is. BB-8
1: is the new robot from uh, The Force Awakens, that round rolling one. Mm-hmm. The beach ball oh, rolling. Oh, yeah, guy. yeah. That's the BB-8. Got it.
0: Why, why is it a hindrance? We didn't get it's back to that. It's a
1: hindrance because, that's a great question, DG. Right. Thank you. I'll tell you why it's tell a hindrance. because you ever, Have you ever been to Walmart store? Uh, yeah. You know how you go in there, and you're like, man, I, I just need to get me some gum and a pair of shorts, and I'm out of here. Mm. And then you, you walk in, and you look around, and you're like, are these real people? Mm-hmm. Like, how are these, what? Like, you see people There's in there. websites dedicated yeah, to that people question. Walmart's a great website, I love mm. it. So, so it turns out that when when you build an R2-D2, you, you approach it with a degree of of care, I would even say love, enthusiasm. You're sort of creating... A, 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 a child, mm. and you assume that when you take your child out into the world, people will treat your child with the same love, care, affection, mm. attention that you do.
0: You are like Geppetto.
1: You you think that, yeah. But what you're really doing is taking it to Walmart. Got it. And and those are the people that interact with your robot, and they just mm. don't understand. I, I sound psychotic. I get it, but like they don't understand that like if you have a wedding ring on. And you tap R 2s head a few times. You're like, oh, this R 2s so cute! Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> You've just destroyed the clear coat right. and the blue that you spent twenty five hundred dollars on. And and it's it's not their fault. They're just they're not they're not malicious. Often, um, it's just they don't understand. Or like the uh, uh, the story every R two builder has builder mm-hmm. has is when they take their R two out for the first time to meet kids and they extend one of the arms on R2, mm. the first thing the first kid does is grab it and snap it off. Ah. Every time. That's every R2 Builder story. And so because I had spent so much time and effort and money making mine pristine and beautiful, I, I did one party with it. It was my brother-in-law's kids. I guess I'll make it my niece. Yeah. Niece's party. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no genealogist. And, and, I, and I watched with horror as, uh. as kids... And don't get me wrong, good kids, well-intentioned kids, they just interact with it in a way that diminishes it in my mind. So the punchline is that's why I'm building a second one. Uh. The second R2 I'm building is my beater droid. (laughs) Its design goals are very different than my first one. Its goal is to be easily transportable, Uh. um, to put up with punishment. But also to be able to walk and talk and head spin stuff.
0: Under. All that stuff.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the great things about the, the R2 group or building your own R2, or your, I should say, Astromech, yeah. as you don't have an R2 is a very specific category. Right. <laughs> 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 um, so if you're building your Astromech, you're sort of free to make whatever choices you want. I think that flexibility is part of what makes it so fun.
0: No, that's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm looking for, I do a lot of research. I'm looking for the quote you had in one of your blog posts that, it basically says exactly what you just said, but in two lines. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to spread it out for the podcast. Open it up, expand it. But what's it's great because it's like, you know, people treat what you spent thousands of hours building as if you didn't because they didn't invest the time and money into it. Because to them, there's almost like a weird sense of entitlement, especially when you go to conventions. Oh, sure. that like, oh, because I gave you five dollars to take a picture with this, I can kind of, you know, do whatever I want, you sure. know? And that's not true at all. Like, this is someone else's thing that they're giving you the privilege of taking a picture with or interacting with. Like, treat it with the respect that, you know, you should.
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, I wanna come up with a name for it. It's just that weird disconnect between people who get it and people who don't. Mm -hmm. And I think it's true for, like, cosplayers, too. Like, a lot Mm. of people think, you know, you see someone in very ornate, crazy, detailed armor, and, and a fan, who doesn't appreciate the work, might go up and just hug them, you know, or, mm. and, and, and in the process damage things because they, right. they don't sort of understand. Again, I'm sounding psychotic. They don't mm. understand what is involved in actually creating something like that. They don't have the respect for it that I feel is necessary
0: right. in order to interact with it. <laughs> no, that's f- to- <laughs> totally fair. Uh, so now let's get to why. You, so <laughs> after saying that, why do you continue to make these incredible things? That's a great question. Thank you, DG. Thanks so much. And
1: I actually have an answer for you because I've I've personally put a lot of thought into this. Okay. Um, Because I I struggle with it. I wonder. I'm like, why am I doing this? What's the point? (laughs) And I think um, I think especially when when I was making things, I call them shelf sitters. Like you know, you spend a month, two months, six months building something, and it sits on a shelf. Like, what's the point? No one cares. Right. Like, like a flock of cute girls doesn't come over to your apartment and be like, "Oh, is that Deckard's blaster? Woohoo!" No. <laughs> 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 never. Right. Well, no, that no. never happens. Nope. The reason I believe I pursue these types of projects is it's it's something to do with recapturing uh, the excitement, interest, and passion of youth. Mm. Everything that I'm working on today is somehow inexorably tied to some childhood need or want or fantasy of mine. Like R2-D2, I remember one of my first memories of life in America. I came to America. and and a kid at my school by the name of Tom Eisman invited me to his <laughs> <Blast>. birthday party. <laughs> invited me to his birthday party. And I'm like, "Birthday party? That sounds crazy. We don't have that in Australia." <laughs> um so I go to this kid's birthday party and they give out goodie bags at the end. And in my goodie bag was an R2D2 action figure. Ooh, like I should I never should. I should have left it carded, by right? My Kenner? Yeah, it was one of the Kenner ones it was on the card and I pulled it out of the bag and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it looks so cool. Like, is this what is Star
0: Wars? One day, I w- what is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so I open it up. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. And I remember I go to my parents. I'm like, I don't understand. I mean, I probably wasn't as articulate as this. But I was like, I don't understand what this is. What is Star Wars? What what is this thing I'm I'm looking at? And and so my dad's like, well, let's go see it. It's in the it's a movie theater. It's a thing you can you witness. <laughs> Again, I'm not sure if that's how my father presented it.
0: Right. He was new to the country.
1: So we go to this. Yeah, he didn't understand. We didn't have movies. A bunch of savages and prisoners in Australia. So we go to this movie theater. And this is another thing I remember so vividly. We walk into the theater. And of course, I'm with my dad. So we're late because he's late for everything. And the door is open. And it's, it's that shot where the escape pod is being jettisoned mm. from the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, So it's, it's like you're looking down the, the tube. And the thing launches out, yeah. And then and then they cut to the thing where it's C-3PO talking to R2D2, and I'm like, oh, what is this? And I was like, I gotta have an R2D2. <laughs> and so over the course of my life, I've had I've had sort of a bunch of brushes with acquiring an R2D2. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I was a kid, one of my friends was like, my, me and my dad are gonna make you an R2D. I lived in Texas, apparently,
0: <laughs> the um, Texas part of Australia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so one of my friends was like going to make one, never happened. And then like as I got older, I started looking into it. But the state of the hobby was still very, very young, and mm. you know parts weren't available. No one really had Intel; it wasn't really a thing. And um, as the hobby matured, I was like, well, I think now's the time. Like I can finally build a, a good-looking R2D2. Like everything's been debugged. You can mm. sort of just. Buy parts and build a kit, and and uh, that's what happened. So so it, like each of the each of the projects I'm working on, the significant ones sort of have a story like that. Like I keep mentioning the Blade Runner gun. Yeah. Same thing. When I saw Blade Runner a- as a young man, I w- I was really blown away by it, and I was really drawn to that Deckard's gun. I thought it was so, such an interesting design and so mm-hmm. unusual. Like I always wanted one. Right. And so for some reason, I I think there's there's some I don't know if it's part of, of the human experience or just the Matt Munson experience, but sort of revisiting those childhood desires and bringing them to life uh, has become very important to me. And I don't know why, but I think that's what I'm doing. I'm chasing that realization, <laughs> realization of, of childhood wants and needs.
0: Well, it also, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people do that. Michael Jackson comes to mind. But, but, (laughs) but no, but I think that, um, you know, people, there's a, there's, when you're a kid, you don't have control over what you can get unless you're a spoiled brat, to be perfectly honest. And there are things that are unobtainable because you just can't, because you're too small. And then when you become, when you have the age and the means to be able to do this type of stuff. It's fun to change, you know, to to chase your pursuits. I mean, anyone who's in the entertainment industry, there's a reason why they're making movies or making, you know, whatever. Like if they love zombie movies, there's people who are working on The Walking Dead who've been doing special effects forever because something touched them in their childhood. You know, (laughs) stop looking at me like that. Something memorable, not someone. Someone. (laughs) But you know that. But these are the things that spawn the creativity of a man's, you know, adult years. Sure, and I and I think I'm I think
1: like you I am very fortunate in that pursuing those things is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, not only in the United States but also globally, mm-hmm. um, pursuing one's wishes is not a thing. Like they're still at the bottom level of Maslow's pyramid of needs. They're worried about right. food, shelter, survival. And you know, I think I think like building an R2 is really high up on Maslow's pyramid of needs. <laughs> and and I often take a step back and realize how lucky I am. That I get to waste my time on things like that.
0: So, uh, so what else are you working on? You've got uh, you're working on a grappling gun. I like the. I want to talk about the grap the Batman grappling gun first. Yeah, yeah. But Then we're gonna get to the Matmobile, which is maybe ten feet from me right now. It is. Uh, and you've got all kinds of things to say about that. I do. Um, People love it. Let's talk about the grappling gun first. Yeah. Does it work? It's a shelf sitter. No, it, it
1: does not. It does not perform any function other than visually,
0: Oh, because it looks amazing.
1: Why? Thank but you. It, it accomplishes that.
0: Thank you. Now, how do you get the blueprints for this stuff? So, like that gun, I assume Bruce Wayne did not share his vision with. Sadly, you. no. And
1: uh, and that's actually a great question, which I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer a different question, <laughs> and I'm going right. to weave yeah. in the answer to that question for <laughs> you. I've lost control of the podcast. The uh, the. When so, I'm a fan of Batman. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that was evident, (laughs) and I'm also a fan of Batman's gadgets. I think those are cool and interesting props. Mm -hmm. And so, one of the things I wanted to do was make a series of videos that showed a a prop going from concept. I called it. I called the series from concept to collectible. Mm -hmm. Like the idea was, I start with a sketch on a napkin. And the final video is, here's the thing, it's done. And I wanted to walk the viewer through every step in the process because building something like that, I feel involves a lot of different techniques, a lot of different tools. There's a lot of different stuff you need to know in order to produce a piece like that. Also, they're not that difficult to techniques to learn. Mm. So the whole purpose of that series is I I I, I wanted to think of a prop that sort of would incorporate Things like molding and casting and painting, uh, scratch building, kit bashing, all kinds of techniques that are very commonly used in building stuff like miniatures, uh, hand props, stuff like that. And, with me being a fan of Batman, went with the grapple gun.
0: Mm. What was your question again? A question originally Oh, where did I get the blueprints? Okay, so when I started The napkin, I think you answered. When
1: I started the project, I literally took a piece of paper and because I wanted the thing to fit in my hand properly, because in the video game the things like, hold on one sec.
0: He's reaching into a box right now. He's ah! Oh, it's not a real gun. Okay,
1: so <laughs> what I hold in my hands mm-hmm. is this is a model of the grapple gun scaled to the game, and it's huge.
0: Maybe pass it around Touch for it. the.
1: It's it's about twelve inches long. And I always thought, like, where would Batman have that in his utility? Oh,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, like, where would he... But doesn't he have it, like, on the side? Like, in the first Batman movie. The
1: movie does. But in the game, it just sort of disappears behind his cape. So I (laughs) I found that to be very large. So I wanted to... So I started off sketching a thing on a piece of paper so that it would fit in my hand. Okay. And then I'm like, well, now I guess I got to, what, model it somehow? It turns out that someone had exported the digital model from the video game itself. They like hacked into the files and found it and you can find it on the internet. So I just downloaded the 3D model, opened up a tool, it was a a tool that's for uh, Pepicura modeling, Mm -hmm. opened it up in there and then just scaled it and then just printed it out basically. Like a 3D printer? No, no, I I printed out, I'm spitting (laughs) everywhere. That was huge. I printed out on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. a profile view Okay. And that's kind of that was the starting point for that project.
0: That's smart. So with all of your projects, do you kind of have to outthink the build because essentially the stuff you're building it's unique and that's why you like it. And so you kind of have to I mean I don't know. I'm asking do you have to kind of outthink the people who built it who I imagine have some sort of intellectual property copyright on it, you know what I mean? Like the Tardis, like how do no one's like, "Oh yeah, here's how you build a Tardis. Here you go." The R2D2 unit, enough people are doing it where i could see that could be a little different
1: yeah when i was younger Mm. i built a lot of model kits like Mm -hmm. you know you go to the store you buy the kit you take it home it's all there it's all there's instructions for god's sakes right and i think i those ultimately proved to not be challenging enough because one of the things that i enjoy most about projects is ones that challenge me as a builder or Mm. challenge me intellectually or i have to figure out a method For completing something. So, like the TARDIS was great for me because the last time I did any woodwork was like in junior high. I built like a chess table or something. Mm. So, I'm not a woodworker by trade, nor do I have much experience. But I was like, well, I can't make it out of resin. I can't, you know, I can't sculpt it in Bondo. So, woodwork it is. Um, So, learning new (laughs) stuff for me is a big part of it too. As far as um, out thinking it, the, the TARDIS is probably a bad example because a friend of mine named Philip Wise, who runs a website called rebelscum.com, mm-hmm. he actually built one and documented it very thoroughly online. And I sort of followed his build. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't so much a step-by-step set of instructions, but it was, it was very uh, strong guidance.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Um, but even then... It, I, it was nowhere near buying a model kit with a instruction list with it so i guess i guess you're right a lot of the stuff i take on there is no pre-approved methodology like you sort of have to do a lot of problem solving yourself and i think that's one of my favorite parts of of the of the endeavors running into those problems that you don't currently know how to solve and then finding a way around it
0: So do you have any kind of formal training in building, engineering, anything like that? Or, I mean, are you just a hobbyist who just kind of mastered it?
1: I don't know if I've mastered it. You're very kind. (laughs) Some of this stuff looks
0: good. uh, I've just put up pictures of the Han Solo and Carbonite, which is my personal favorite. Now, granted, that's not an an engineering feat by any stretch. We'll get to the (laughs) Matmobile, which kind of is. (laughs) It's still cool, and it still requires a lot of knowledge to bring that into the world.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think, no, I have no formal training. Like, my my, uh, background is in computer science and philosophy. Mm. Some math thrown in there. (laughs) So, like, I didn't, like, go to a trade school to learn how to weld or how to cut wood or anything like that. Uh, Mm. It was largely just trial and error. I mean, like, I would, I've worked on a few movies over the years, um, but I haven't really had anyone sort of mentoring me on how to do stuff. I think, if anything, um, I have a large network of, Friends and and co-builders online, mm-hmm. where if I ever run into something I'm unaware of how to tackle, odds are they've tried it before uh, and they can point me in the right direction.
0: Got it. Now that makes sense. Um, you know there is there's you're like a self-made builder. Go on. Uh, and <laughs> no, the stuff you make's amazing. I mean, it looks r- the the Han Solo thing is my favorite. You actually have quite a few costumes that you've built yes. that are pretty amazing.
1: Yes, I uh, you know as a uh, As I've grown older,
0: Mm -hmm. gracefully, by the way, I've I've
1: gotten in horrible shape. I've gone (laughs) (laughs) horrifically south (laughs) fitness wise. And it's a bummer, too, because like like for for a huge chunk of my adult life, I was in quite good shape. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had a cancer run in. I had a foot injury. And then and then I'm like, work out. That's for losers. Eating at Carl's Jr.? That's for winners. <laughs> so the bummer is, like, my costuming has sort of fallen by the wayside because I just don't fit in them anymore. <laughs> you don't want
0: to be, like, on The Simpsons where they always have, like, you know, no. the comic book guy. You don't want to do that. No, no,
1: no. But, yeah, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy the costuming thing uh, for a couple of reasons. One is, as I mentioned with my other projects, the uh, the mechanical challenges of them uh, and also, you tend to get um, instant feedback slash results on them. So when you go out to a convention, uh, you can have a lot of fun in a in a costume and meet some really cool people.
0: So what do you, do you still build costumes?
1: I do. That's an excellent question. As a matter of fact, um, over the past few months, I've been involved in a couple great costume builds that weren't for me, uh, a friend of mine. Built a replica of a Katy Perry dress Mm. for his daughter, and the dress was so cool it like made all the news channels. Uh, Katy Perry saw it and loved it. Very cool. Very. I. I. It was a. It's a dress where it has like a a carousel on it. Oh, cool. It's real cool. And so I built the carousel part. Like anything that wasn't fabric was me. Uh, And another thing I did. uh, A friend of mine uh, goes by the name Michael Doherty who directed a film coming out uh, called Krampus. Perhaps you've seen it and enjoyed it. Great movie.
0: Shameless plug. Um,
1: his, uh, his nephew apparently uh, approached his mother one day and said, I'd really love to be Sam for Halloween. Sam was the titular character from, well, I guess the movie wasn't called Sam. I take that back. Sam was the lead character in the movie Trick or Treat, also a Michael Doherty uh, film. okay. And so Michael Doherty called me up and said, hey, how would you feel about making a costume for my nephew? And I was like, that sounds great. How much time do you have? I'd probably take me. Gosh, I'll take me a month to do. He's like, oh, you've got five days. So that was another fun costume that, that actually and my lovely uh, girlfriend and future wife, Kristen, also helped out with. So it was fun working with her on a project together.
0: Wow, that's adorable. That's, that's adorable. Romance. Um,
1: that's romance. So I still do stuff, and I actually still have a number of costumes I'm working on of my own. Um, like, for example, my Superman Returns costume. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons... Again, I feel I've lost steam on that project, is <laughs> because I don't think anyone wants to see me in blue tights and red underpants <laughs> in my current, I do. In my, current <laughs> my current incarnation. <laughs> but that's another one of those costumes. If you're familiar with the movie, um, mechanically, uh, that is a very complicated piece of work. In uh, fact, uh, I'll show you after we're done. Yeah. Um, but it's a wildly detailed and complicated costume. Um, and that's what I find appealing. I'm also, of course, a fan of, of Superman. So,
0: mm-hmm. uh, well, we're running out of time. So there's a couple of things I want to get to, but we won't. But I'm gonna have videos. We're gonna we're gonna take some. I'm gonna you're gonna give me a, you didn't know this, but you're gonna give me a tour of the of the amazing workshop here. Put some videos online. Um, the project workbench on YouTube has tons of great stuff Thank on there. You. You. Uh, what else do you want to? Anything else that you got going on? What, what can we tell the people?
1: Uh, you know, I, I another thing I love doing is interviewing people, mm-hmm. which is funny that you're now interviewing me. It's like it the is. circle. It's the circle. The of circle's complete. And, um, and through end. it, I've met some really great people and worked with some great people. Um, and I have a bunch of interviews on my YouTube channel. And, like, I, I'm about to release another segment of my interview with uh, Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov. What? On, on The Star Trek. Yeah. And... Um, and it's really fun. So if you like, you obviously seem to enjoy the interviewing process. I do
0: very much, so. and
1: and I do too. Like I think it's a great way to get to get to know someone, get to learn about someone, yeah. and then you get to share that experience with the with the internet. It's true. Other people. So I, I it, there's plenty of interviews on my YouTube channel with all manner of people, like from TVs, from movies, from the hobby, from people who are fellow builders, fellow enthusiasts. Uh, It's kind of a a mishmash, which probably explains the lack of success of my YouTube channel. (laughs) It's a good Uh, channel.
0: There's lots of stuff on there.
1: (laughs) Why, thank you. Uh, Another thing I love doing, which uh, I actually, I, I love it. People don't care. But what I like doing is tracking down filming locations for movies and mm. TV shows. I think it's really cool to like be like, this is the exact spot where Batman was on his tumbler. <laughs> and then he jumped out and shot the bad guy. That was right here. So I make little videos where I like compare. I'm like, here's the street. Oh, and here it is in the movie. Whoa. Stuff like that's
0: pretty Well, funny. sometimes it's hard to tell because they do so much work. Sure. So you can say like – I've seen those videos, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see that in the background. But you're seeing it from weird angles, and right. so I think people watching it, they're like, oh, yeah. I mean, it, they do so much work with set dressing. That well, it's,
1: it's interesting. I think one of the – this is wildly off topic. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think one of the weird things about finding a YouTube audience is um, it's, so hard, it's so hard to pinpoint – what it is the YouTube audience wants. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I wrote and produced a short film called "Loadout Going In Hot," mm-hmm. starring Richard Hatch of TV's Battlestar Galactica. And and I was so proud of it. Like I'm like, man, this is funny. It's got guns in it. Stuff blows up. It's on a spaceship. It's got richard's goddamn <laughs> Hatch. <laughs> and I. I thought it was just great, and no one cared. It got like fifty thousand views or something. That's and a good amount. I'm though. like, how is? It? And then, and then I millions, saw I saw this video the other day where it was a girl in a thong bikini uh, walking around her pool, and then a guy squeezes a bottle of suntan lotion and it squirts all over the place, uh, and that got fifty two million views.
0: <laughs> so uh, you don't know what the YouTube audience wants. I think. I think there's your answer, young man. There's your answer. Uh So
1: I guess I guess my punchline is, yeah. is that um, I enjoy making those videos for my own validation. Like I mm-hmm. like I do my interview videos and I'm like, that was super fun. I had a great time. I, I, I think I grew as an editor. Uh, I, I have some better sound equipment now. I think this is really fun. And this is sort of a, a, a capture of a moment of my life, mm-hmm. which I will forever be able to, refer to or look back on and enjoy. And I, and I think if you're ta- if I'm taking it from that perspective, I'm a
0: winner. You are a winner. Absolutely. <laughs> I, look, I love the. I think the YouTube channel's great and it's got a lot of different stuff on it.
1: I mean, it's not like I host a talk show where people discuss which superhero would win <laughs> in, a, in a battle. I mean, that's.
0: That's a good, yeah, that is uh, youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn, Fascinating Fight Season 2 coming soon, featuring Matt Munson, my guest today.
1: Dude, that's a good – I want to talk to you about that. We'll do that on my show. We'll do I'm on my, your
0: show, yeah, kay. when I'm on your turf. Yeah, You're on my good. turf now. All right, Matt, I want to thank you so much for being here. This has been incredible. Uh, I really learned a lot.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's super fun, man. We should do this more often. We should, like, Definitely. pod Snapchat. What are the kids doing? I don't know. I, got, I
0: need to learn immediately Kay. and get them involved. Um, all right, well, thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. Have a good night.